0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of season 2 of the DC United Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, James Graham. Um, on today's show, well, we've got a bit of a feature-backed show and we've got two debutants with me today. So this is going to be pretty good, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say. So um, let's uh, crack on um, and we'll go with the introductions of our two debuts. So Sam, I'm going to go with you first introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself
1: hey how's it going uh my name is sam nelson uh, i live in uh maryland just outside of dc i uh, grew up not even a soccer fan but as i got older really got into soccer got into dc united uh, i used to work at the game day staff there so i've been to rfk a number of times working for uh, dc now i uh, write and podcast for mls aces it's a, a comprehensive mls podcast uh, i do with a couple of friends from new york and from chicago
0: Ah, I have listened to the MLS Aces podcast. I didn't realize that was you.
1: Yeah, yeah that's me. I, I'm the one who gets drunk and makes stupid jokes.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Oh, wow. Oh, welcome to the show, Sam. Thank you for being a part of it. Um Proudly. Daniel, um, Daniel, introduce yourself.
2: Yeah, uh, my name is Daniel Wise, and I am a former DC resident. I was born and raised in South Dakota. Uh, lived in D.C. for about 10 years. Uh, yeah, fell in love with D.C. United sort of at the height of uh, or I, at the beginning of of uh, Ben Olsen's start as the head coach there. But really uh, got my start with soccer following Arsenal FC, uh, going to London and catching uh, the Champions League final in 08 between uh, it was uh, Chelsea in Manchester United and they had that incredible finish uh with the penalty kicks with uh Manchester United coming out on top uh and and um kind of being in sort of like a student union and uh you know not necessarily being super into soccer at the time but uh sort of being immersed in a whole lot of people that were in love with the sport uh really kind of turned me on to it so you know traveled and and visited the Emirates Stadium and then when I came back uh, to america really really got into it and then when i moved to dc you know uh, became a uh you know supporter group member with the uh, screaming eagles and and man just went to a whole bunch of games and and really just fell in love with the team and so dc united really solidified that and i thought it was funny you know everyone talked about uh, sort of you know europe being sort of the the best place to watch soccer and so i figured you know what would what would a bunch of Europeans, you know, be interested in MLS for? But uh, when I discovered that you had this and then, you know, the MLS UK show and and seeing that there are people who are genuinely interested in uh, what the sport has to offer on this side of the pond uh, was was fantastic. And so I'm very happy to be on this show and I'm grateful you asked me.
0: Oh, thank you, Daniel. Um, You actually mentioned um, this is going to sound like a really cheesy uh, gateway into – a little thing um, but you mentioned the MLS UK show who are the show sponsors um, so I just want to say thank you to Elliot and Henry for sponsoring the show they are fantastic and as you said um, they genuinely love Major League Soccer and it is fantastic to see so if you are listening to a lot of podcasts so whether it's MLS Aces whether it's this one um, or mls uk show tune into those guys if you've not already they've got fantastic games on there um you see them every week they now do on youtube as well so that is something new to them for 2020 so subscribe to them over on there and just check them out um they're absolutely fantastic they're very funny guys and i've got all the time in the world for them so thank you for that little gateway daniel that that was appreciated <laughs> Absolutely, and <laughs> as
2: far as what I work on, uh, yeah, I work on a sort of independent project called Soccer Made Simple. So uh, it's a newsletter that I'll be sort of putting back out uh, once once MLS starts again, because it's more of a American uh, centered uh, you know, sort of for the for the newbies who are just getting into the sport. But uh, you it can be read at tinyletter.com dot uh, com forward slash Soccer Made Simple.
0: Awesome, go and check that out as well. Um, So, let's crack on. Um, We've got, obviously, like I said, a few things to chat through. So, we had the jersey leak a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Um, What were your first impressions on that, guys? Um, Sam, what did you think of the initial leak and then, obviously, the official announcement as well?
1: You know, the, I don't know, MLS jerseys seem to just kind of, they're so standard, everything's kind of the same every year. Adidas just, Pumps out a bunch of similar-looking kits. So when I saw the leak, I was like, oh, "This is this is pretty much what to be expected." Uh, didn't really have super high expectations to begin with. But they come out, they, they do look really clean. They they look good, other than the um the three the three stripes on on everyone's shoulders. There is some differences, but it, just back to a standard black jersey for the year will be will be kind of slick, I think, baby. Um, looking forward to it, honestly. Uh, everyone else's jerseys suck compared to the DCs. <laughs>
2: oh you know i i have to disagree slightly with that uh you know i am a sucker for hoops whether they're fat hoops or thin hoops but portland's kit is looking clean and i really like what they did with that one
0: you see the thing that i've seen over on twitter is the uh san jose shirt that's i've seen people are really divided over that and i'm I'm yeah. on the side of, I really don't like it. I don't get why there's that, or what looks like a sun. I'm like, no, just no, that looks out of place.
2: It looks extremely corporate, like, you know, sort of a cheap motel, you know, sort of a standard polo that they make all their employees wear. <laughs> it is uh, just just kind of a weird color scheme that uh, doesn't really fit with San Jose. And, uh, and yeah, I, I agree. I can't really get down with that.
0: Yeah,
1: you either really like it or you hate it, and uh, I don't know, I've never been a fan of yellow in any jersey, so I'm just going to say I'm out.
0: Yeah, fair. I mean, I'm just having a quick look through. You know, one shirt I was actually surprised by, and I've not actually said it before um, until now, it's actually Chicago Fire's um, shirt. I really like that. It is clean. It's just a shame about that badge.
1: It will. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... (laughs) I, th- I think all three of us could have made uh, better badges than what they've got going on, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I surprisingly, I really like the um, the New England Revolution kit. I don't know. It's really, you know, it's a little bit different, um, but still kind of keeping their red, white, and blue roots, which I do like.
3: Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the other one I kind of like is the um, Minnesota United's um, kit as well. I, that for me is. Very clean, but I like the way they've incorporated the badge into the actual part of the shirt as well. Mm -hmm. I really like that. And then
2: obviously the worst is uh, the Red Bulls, uh, by far.
0: Ah, yeah. What's that about? (laughs) I mean, they've chosen the wrong wrong (laughs) reds.
2: Do you guys remember the Nintendo Virtual Boy from (laughs) way back in the 90s? And if you ever played that thing, staring at... Sort of that black and red for for hours on end. That is the sort of vibe I get from that kit. And you know what? Leave it, leave it to the Red Bulls to to just sort of take take. You know, overall, most of the jerseys look clean, but then just to take that and just make it look completely ugly.
0: They're just jealous of the black and red and how much success we've had. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, other things that we've obviously had, we've had um, safe standing announced as well and seen, and that's going to be awesome. Um, well, obviously, before when Audi Field was open, the the standing section, and the supporter section was a bit unsafe. Um, mm-hmm. When I was there, I um, kicked my shins a couple of times. It hurt. Um, but now that they've got the proper railing in there, that's going to be awesome, isn't it?
2: It really is, and and uh, you know we'll probably talk a bit further about it. But you know, uh, Audi Field sort of it, it almost feels like it went through a beta test uh, in its you know first opening year, year and a half or so. And uh, you know now the stadium really has some character about it, and and pretty soon we'll have uh, you know a, a really good fan experience, uh, especially with the sort of Hall of Honor that that uh, or Hall of Tradition that. Uh, just got put up, so you know they're really making strides with that.
0: Yeah, so Sam, did you make it to um, the 425 Twenty Five events that was happening at DC at the Audi Field and see all the new Hall of Tradition or anything?
1: I did not get to make it out. I, um, I actually, I just had a daughter, and I have not left my house, and God only knows oh. how long. so I can't wait for the uh, for the season and be able to take her to a game this year. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> but... Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, everything looks great. The pictures look awesome. And I'm really excited. This whole, I mean, stay standing, like, you know, uh, at RFK, when I was working there, it was, it was always a joke for the people. It's like, this is what we want. This is the dream, but you can't install something like that at RFK. Well, oh, Audi Field's coming out, you know, that we're going to have this new stadium. Why don't you install it right away? You know, a year without it, two years? Yeah, two years without it. But this is, um, this is going to be great, and everything looks good. They, I guess, I don't know if the XFL did they all stand yesterday during the game. I don't know.
0: I, I've only seen a brief couple of videos on there, but they were from the wrong end, so I didn't see the uh, uh, safe standing area. Yeah. But it do, it looks great. It's it's going to be awesome for twenty twenty, and it's, I would love to come over and see what it's like in person. But you know, I think this year um, it's going to be a case of I will be staying in England because um, like you, Sam, um, I've got a kid on the way in this month, so
2: Congratulations.
0: Thank you very much. Um, so it's gonna be um a bit busy, so hopefully that won't detract away from me doing this podcast and doing all those tweets. But so yeah, so we've got the safe stand and we've got the Jersey League, we've got the Hall of Tradition, um but we've had what I would say has been a fantastic transfer window over the winter. Um, the fact that we've got Bill on permanently we've signed Julian Gressel which is just an unbelievable trade, you've got Madison um, Flores coming in, you've got Yamil Asad coming back um, what have you guys made of the transfer window so far?
2: It is a lot of bombast uh, that that is um, you know, builds a lot of excitement uh, but I am still very very worried about that defence, we have you know, quite possibly you know, one of the most stacked uh, midfields in MLS. Um, but, you know, I'm sort of looking at that back line and, you know, there's a part of me kind of playing sort of a uh, mean football manager here, but I'm, I'm sort of like thinking, you know, do we, do we maybe put Paul Areola back uh, around, you know, that right back, you know, so that we have uh, Joseph Mora. Uh, Steven Birnbaum for Briant, uh, sort of, you know, uh, along that line there. And then, you know, we maybe have, or I at least the way I'm setting it up is Flores on the left, uh, Yamil Asad, Central, uh, Gressel on the, on the right side. And then you have Felipe Martins and Junior Moreno uh, shoring up that, that defensive mid. Now, do you have a situation where maybe you have Paul overlap? And then do you kind of shift? everyone kind of over one and then you maybe put uh, Assad slightly forward on attack, you know, so it looks somewhat like a three, five, two type of weird attack formation. And, you know, uh, that's sort of what I'm looking at. But then, you know, uh, I, I just, you know, as, as far as like all of those midfielders, I don't, you know, the guys I listed, I don't want to see that any of them on the bench, Uh, so, you know, that's, that's sort of the way I would work that out. But, you know, what, what are your guys thoughts as far as the roster and sort of the depth go, uh, if we lose one of those guys, you know, the, it's slim pickings, uh, from that point.
1: So, yeah, I, I think our big problem really is right now at, uh, right back. We don't have a, a solid right back who we know is going to be able to play, so uh I, I, other than uh, Ariola, i was thinking maybe uh dropping julian gressel back there too um because we do we, at this point our wingers are truly some of the better ones in mls we we have a solid uh set of central midfielders uh, our center back pairing that was very very good last year uh in my opinion the greatest goalie in mls right now mm-hmm. and then um, you know a solid left back but uh yeah that right back position is very very tough and uh even with like two or three guys who can play it, it's, you know, we would get eaten alive back there uh, from some of the other wingers. So I think we do have to drop either uh, Ariola back or, or Gressel back and play the other one in the wing and just hope for, for like you said, hope for the overlap. Now, um, more importantly, I think my concern is um, up front. Uh, I think our, all the midfielders can probably score, but Ola Kamara hasn't um, been scoring a lot of goals since he left MLS. And even once he came back, it's not like he's really been scoring. He, playing second fiddle to, to Rooney at the end of last season, um, playing second fiddle to Zlatan, and then being in China where he was very playing too. I really I really want Ola Kamara to be very, very good this year because I think he can do it um, and get back into the ways where he was in Columbus. But I, I am fairly concerned, and I'm more concerned that we don't really have a backup for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, for me last season we had that injury crisis where Mora was injured, then Chris McCann was injured, and we really struggled to find another left-back. I don't want us to be in that same place again, where we ended up playing with Donovan Pines, Breon and Bernbaum. It didn't seem to work all too well, so I don't want us to, to have to shift back to a three-back formation. We, um, are, we are more successful with a four-back formation, um, but it's if it needs to be, then obviously we can do it. Um, I want us to see get another right back and another left back I want to see two more defenders in there and I would love to see another striker come in. Um it's a shame that we've not just re-signed Quincy. Um ready made yeah. backup. He's he knows his mm-hmm. he knows his role. He knows he's a backup striker and he's happy to do that. Why wouldn't you keep him on? Um I don't think he would have cost a lot on on the salary. But We've got that Eric Sorga guy who's obviously not uh, tested over here, but from the things that we've seen over there from when he's been playing in Estonia, pretty much a goal a game. He's going to be a confident guy. He's going to want to score goals. Um, yeah, for me, we need two more fullbacks and another striker for us to kind of complete that roster.
2: Yeah, I know there's sort of a conventional thinking that with Sorga, you want him to sort of Uh, ease up or ease into sort of like the MLS pace so you know you bring him over so he goes from the Estonian League to uh, uh, the USL and you know hopefully he comes along but uh, yeah with the way things are looking now uh, Griffin Yao you know really talented young guy but again you know uh, 17 20 years old uh, for both those guys, uh, you want to kind of bring them up through the system. Now, uh, you know, Sorga could essentially be, you know, kind of like our Holland, <laughs> you know, if, if uh, uh, if he is that good or something, if he comes in and he's, you know, just smoking it, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he jumps in sooner than any of us ever thought, but, uh, yeah, you know, uh, gosh, Ola Kamara, you know, he, he's not going to have any excuse this year uh, because he's got all the support in midfield to back him up and feed him the ball. And, uh, you know, if he can strike true, then, you know, he could almost have, you know, a, a top five striker performance this year if, if all things, you know, work
0: out that way. No, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, obviously... We've still got a couple of weeks left, um, well, a few weeks left before we have to finalise that roster, so hopefully we can get those players in that we need to complete that team. Um, Pre-season, so since the last episode, we've had a few matches um, down in, I think it's been Florida we've been down in, um, where we've played Montreal Impact, we've played the Red Bulls, and we played Louisville City as well. Two defeats, one win again, and the only win was against Louisville. Um, are we going to take too much from those results, guys?
1: I just don't think you can. Honestly, preseason is such a, a fickle being. You're you're playing, you know, a half every game, and a lot of these guys are uh, guys who you don't even know are going to make that final roster. Some guys who are getting looked at for Loudon. It's it's really tough. Um, it's also. Really hard to hear that your team lost to Montreal. That one's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> um, you just yeah, play Red Bulls. It is. I mean, let's be honest. Like, Montreal, not a good team. <laughs> so, um, you know, beating Louisville, it's like, well, that that's a standard to be expected, I think. But everything else, um, it, it's all just it's very up in the air, in my opinion. Preseason's all about just getting fit, getting ready for the year, um, and until game one, I really don't really don't know. As long as no one gets hurt, that's all that really matters to me.
2: Yeah, and. The, the team was missing key starters. Uh, you had Uyusha uh, Segura and uh, Joseph Mora, both representing uh, Costa Rica internationally. I think Paul Ariola was out. Uh, who else? Uh, you know, Russell canalosi you know, uh, I don't know if he got any time, but uh, as, as far as the team goes, like, you know, they were kind of dealing with a, a patchwork uh, sort of team against uh, what is sort of the word is, you know, uh, a pretty much full strength, uh, Red Bulls squad. So you can't, you have to really take that with a grain of salt, uh, between the Red Bulls and Montreal. Oh,
0: but we don't like being beat by the Red Bulls though, do we? Come on. No, never. <laughs> no, no, even if it's preseason, it's just not nice. Is it? Um, so we've got obviously a few more games coming up in the preseason. Um, do you think it's just going to be more of the same where we're just looking to get that fitness back, um, or do you think Ben's going to actually start playing what he thinks will be his starting eleven going into the season?
1: He'll probably start touching the, that uh, that first team roster um, right around the past two or the last like two games. Maybe we're, we're really going to start to see that that starting lineup come together uh, once we start to get this team team back. You know, having uh, Bill back and and the rest of the rest of the guys back is going to be really good for them and. But until then, I really, I really do think it's just going to be a lot of you know seeing what's what, trying out new guys. Hopefully, we're going to try some guys at right back and try some guys. <laughs> going to be going to be a big key. Hopefully, you know at least if nothing else, find a guy who can play depth if some injuries happen.
2: It's it's you know, and maybe maybe to the listeners who uh, you know don't know, uh, but you know we're we're sort of dancing around this a little bit because uh, there was little to nothing uh, sort of let out about these initial. Uh, preseason games. They were all, uh, well, except for the Louisville city game uh, the, they were closed door games where there was, there was a little uh, let out in terms of, you know, what happened and then, you know, who, who saw a significant playing time and, you know, who, who performed, you know, and uh, that was, that was kind of, that's kind of why we're kind of dancing around this is we're not really sure uh, about you know, exactly how that all went.
0: Yes, exactly. It was a bit a bit of a strange thing because I've never seen any preseason like that before where it's been very hush-hush. Um, I I genuinely don't know how it went. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether the second half of preseason, they continue in the same fashion where they don't tell us what really happens. I was actually on the DC website and they still haven't put up the result of the Louisville City game on 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 there which is strange soon it was just three days mm-hmm. ago but there you are um so for you, if you don't know um, the rest of the preseason and um, we've got Orlando City uh, next Sat- uh, this Saturday coming um, if you're listening before the 15th of feb um, if not it's already been and you'll have to listen to the next show to find out what the result was Um Nashville on the 19th of Feb, and then Philadelphia Union on the 22nd of Feb, right ready for the first game of the season against Colorado Rapids at Audi Field. Um, either of you guys gonna be able to make the first game of the season?
1: Mm, I might try to, that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if, it, if it's not super I mean, the end of February in DC is just not fun, but uh, no. definitely, definitely would try. I mean, you know, opening game of the year against Colorado, that, that should be a win.
0: So, be like, fun. You'd like to think it would be. Um,
1: I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, we did beat them last season at their place, so you'd like to think we'd do this, do it at our ground as well. So, um, Speaking of the season, how do you think it's going to go, Sam? Do you think we'll be pushing for playoff results again, or do you think we'll be towards the top end of the Eastern Conference, potentially winning it? How do you see it going?
1: So, um... This, this team, in my opinion, has got to be a playoff team. The the money that's been put into it now, um, especially going out and signing Gressel from a rival, like, that's a big deal. Um, a rival in terms of we're both United teams. Mm. But, um, but I consider Atlanta a rival because they're also a pain in my butt. They I, th- I think Atlanta United fans on Twitter, I, like I don't know if you guys like get pestered with them a lot, but I used to. Um, they're super passionate, which is awesome. But they're also like kind of too cocky for a team that's three years old and it just it really gets to me so i do have like a a love-hate relationship with atlanta i but going back to the question i really do think that this team's a playoff team i just i want depth i want depth because injuries are going to happen it's a long year going through the summer it's going to be it's a grind and without um guys who can back up at positions it's going to get it's going to get tough so I don't know if we're going to be up near the top, but I do think that we're going to make a playoff run this year.
0: Cool. Daniel, what do you reckon?
2: For me, uh, you know, that sort of initial start is going to be big. And then, um, you know, the sort of dog days of summer are going to test the team again. Uh, You know, what happened last year is we had a really strong start Uh, And then we were humbled. We got punched in the mouth by LAFC. uh, And and from there on, it was it was tough to find uh, a lot of consistency, you know, either through injuries or, you know, uh, particular players not necessarily uh, performing on all cylinders, you know, uh, like uh, Acosta or Rooney and, and sort of, you know, some some locker room drama sort of weighing the team down. Uh, What I see this year is a very solidified uh, locker room, I think, especially with a, uh, you know, uh, know, very heavily Latin American uh, midfield. I think you have a lot of guys who can... uh, very much, you know, sort of work with each other in terms of their style. Uh, So I'm really excited to see what happens. Uh, It all depends on, you know, does Ola Kamara show up this season? And does he really, like, take charge as the skipper and, and really put up some goals? That's going to be really crucial. Now, we do have midfielders who can score, but their, you know, sort of proficiency lies in, uh, how they can generate assists. Uh, Julian Gressel, he he had uh, you know arguably the best striker MLS has has seen um, in in years. You know outside of uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and and uh, Josef Mart- Martinez, uh, he he has won a lot. Uh, he you know he has a Campionas Cup, he has an MLS uh, Cup, a U.S. Open Cup. And he won Rookie of the Year in 2017, so uh, he knows how to win. I think he comes in and uh, performs well. I think uh, the rest of the midfield picks it up, you know. Like, but like I said, uh, it's it's on Kamara now. Can can he really uh, rise to the occasion? And that's going to be uh, someone I'm going to watch very closely this year.
0: Yeah, and I think with the fact that we've got Grassl now, who from what? I was reading up uh, before the show. Um, he's got the most assists in MLS since he started playing, out of anyone. So mm-hmm. he, Kamara's got to be putting a few away this year if we if he continues in that same vein. Um, just hopefully Ben will continue playing him um, in the right place. So fingers crossed that happens. Um, I'm just looking through sort of the uh, ah. schedule uh, for our season. I'm just looking at sort of potential key games um, obviously the big ones obviously is, is the our Atlantic Cup rivals, New York Red Bulls um, we are at Audi Field against them on April 26 so that's fairly early doors in the season that could really either make or break our season, if we're not starting well and we beat them, then it could kick on um, or if we start well and lose, it could go the other way Um and I'm just looking at other games as well. So we've got Atlanta, July 4th. Um, great, great day to plan. Didn't we play them on July 4th last year? Or was that FC Dallas? Oh, I don't remember at all.
2: I can't remember
0: that far back <laughs> Uh Yeah. I just, oh, I can't, let me have a quick look on that. Here we go. July 4th. It was FC Dallas. Wow. Oh, okay. There we go. That's nice a good memory. I'm, I'm surprised myself on that one. Um, I think the games against Atlanta are always a good game as well. Um, we had a great game at Audi Field last year. Um, I'd expect it to be the same again this year. Um, one thing I want to talk about, though, um, and it's not about DC United, though. Um, it's about New York City FC. Um, where the hell are we going to be playing them this year? Because is it going to be at Red Bull Arena? Or is it going to be City Field? Or is it going to be the Yankee Stadium? Who knows?
1: It's embarrassing for them. I, I, do, I, I feel bad for the fans. Um, like it, It's kind of a a cluster all all together. Like, uh, you know, I think what they say, Champions League is going to be a Red Bull arena, but then they're going to split time with City Field and and Yankee Stadium based on games and availability between the baseball teams. It's very, very hard to be a fan of New York City right now, I'm sure. Um, But their roster is going to be so solid, I think no matter where they play, we're just going (laughs) to have a tough game. But I, I really do think, you know, going to Red Bull arena playing, in their rivals' stadium, like that's—I don't know—I'm not a professional athlete, but I have to assume that's kind of got to get in your head a little bit. Like, I don't know—you're just seeing Red Bull everywhere around you, and they're your biggest rival. But that's where you have to play your home game. That's got to be tough.
0: It's—it's it's gotta hurt. It's gotta. It, there's no other way around it. It's just like—I mean—they can do all the want. They can obviously—they've given the fans the free tickets, but that's not going to make up for playing in your rival state, rival stadium, really. Two years
2: ago, you know, just before Rooney came to D.C., uh, you know, uh, United was in the process of, of building Audi Field. And, uh, you know, they had completed it that summer. But, you know, for about those four months ahead of that opening, uh, they were playing out in, uh, gosh, where, where was that? I, I think they were in, like, Germantown, Germantown for a second. They were at the soccer plex, And then I think they were up around uh, – Oh, what's the capital of Maryland? Help me out, Sam. Annapolis. <laughs> Annapolis. They yeah. were up there for a couple of games, and they were kind of uh, bouncing around a, a little <laughs> bit. Uh, and and they were bottom of the table uh, very solidly, uh, you know, up until that summer came where they uh, came home to Audi Field. Rooney joined the team, and uh, they lit it up for one of the, the biggest turnarounds, that I think anyone had had, had seen in years uh, for that team, and uh, you know, it's it's always tough when you don't have that sort of security. I think I think that played a big role in how DC sort of struggled early in that season was not mm-hmm. having that permanent home, and so uh, that's going to be a, a big thing for NYCFC. You know, whether or not they have the mental fortitude to get through that,
0: yeah. We're going to just take a quick break um, just before we go on to the Q&A and we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Right, so we are now on to the Listener Round, uh, where we answer your questions. You've obviously sent some in over the last week or two. um, Some comments, some questions, some thoughts, and all that jazz. Um, So first up, uh, David Chion, who is a member of the DCUK group, Um, he wants to know what we think about Chad Ashton's all-expenses-paid trip to France. so, obviously, over the winter, um, some players, like Donovan Pines, went over to Swansea uh, to train um, with the team over there. Chad Ashton went to France, um, and it was, and as I said, it was all expenses paid, apparently. Um, any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I'm guessing he was done some coaching or scouting, maybe. Um, not seen anything about it, though.
1: If I search Chad Ashton's trip to France on uh, Google, you get uh, the country of Chad and France relations, and that's all I got. So I I honestly had not even like heard that he went over there. So uh, if you guys want to hear about the relationships between uh, these two countries, I can read off Wikipedia for you. But that's all I got, unfortunately. It sounds. I mean, hopefully he was getting some some coaching uh, experience in. You know, learning um, from someone in France. I don't
2: know. Good for
0: him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, same thing here. This is uh, this was news to me when I first saw it. Uh, you know, sort of on your sheet. Um, I, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know, good on Pines. You know, getting some experience. Uh, you know, with with Ashton. You know. Gosh, is he is he the mastermind that that worked out this Sorga move? And you know, <laughs> uh, is he is he uh, spreading his spider webs uh, to France? Because you know, is he getting ambitious now? Can we find you know our next uh, Kylian Mbappe and, and bring him over to MLS? Uh, you know, I, that that's just weird. But you know, um, good on DC for just uh, you know. Showing showing ambition in one form or another, or you know, or at least you know, sort of reaching out to the broader world uh, for for experience.
0: Yeah, I think it helps the fact that um, obviously the owners of DC um, also own Swansea City as well, so using our uh, links there to really help drive the team on. So yeah, uh, when that came through to me, I was just like, okay, um, didn't know about that um so so david uh, itk yeah so david i can't really answer the question because we didn't obviously we don't really know that much um, and as sam said if you look it on on google you get the relationship between the country of chad and the country of france um are you still on that page by by the way sam because if you are can you tell us a little bit about the relationship between them
1: you know there i just exited the page but as far as i know they are countries
0: oh cool there you go so yeah so
1: there's that yeah you know, and i'm sure they're uh Hold up. Here we go. Oh. Chad and France. Chad France relations refers to the diplomatic relations between the Republic of Chad and the French Republic, which France controlled Chad beginning in 1900 until the country's independence in 1960. Oh. See, th- this is why you come on. You come listen to the show. You learn a little bit of a little bit of geopolitics while you're at it. Yeah,
0: nice uh,
2: they're in the they're in the Netflix and chill stage of their relationship right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: they're, like, still talking, but, like, (laughs) Brilliant. That's what it's all about. Brilliant. (laughs) Right, before we uh, get too caught up in the Chad-Ashton relationship, uh, Chad-France relationship, I should say, Um, Brian, um, even now I'm getting confused now. So Brian Lake, um, also another DC UK member, um, he says, with DC finally planning to do something, acknowledging the history of the club with the Hall of Legends, which we've seen and we've had a brief chat about, um... He asks, is there any talk of moving any part of RFK to wider field? Now, I've looked for this. I've not seen anything. Um, if you could take part, of, one part of RFK, Sam, what part would you take and why?
1: So, um, RFK has that special place in my heart um, because I had, like, paint chips dropped on my head while I was working there and just, like, things falling at me. But the thing I would pick to, to take with me is the uh, – is the stands from the supporters section because they bounce because they're like fiberglass and they're really not connected to anything. And so they bounce, you break the chairs, and you're just jumping up and down and having the best time. You shake the the entire stadium. And I think that was, you know, if nothing else, bringing that kind of atmosphere back to uh, Audi Field would be pretty sick too. Um, that was my favorite thing to see um, from RFK. but Because D.C. doesn't like – or because United doesn't own RFK uh, and the city does, the city just wants to tear it all down and they don't really care what
2: anyone thinks about it. There was a strange like buoyancy to those stands. And there was a part of you that was like, this is incredible. You know, when you've got everyone jumping around and, and chanting, uh, you literally can feel the entire stadium, uh, you know, jumping up and down with you. Uh, and, And so, you know, in one part that's an incredible feeling, but in another, you're like, this feels like this could go down any second because you're you're talking a degree of inches that this thing would fluctuate, and so uh, you know th- th- those are those are very good memories to take. But I would say uh, you know there's a you know sort of just right outside the uh, I, I want to say three thirty eight section uh, you'd have La Labera Brava. Uh, sort of at the end of the game, uh, win or lose, they'd march up, you know, through the exit and uh, you'd have this, uh, you know, they'd, they'd form this kind of drum circle right in the uh, mezzanine. And, um, you know, for about a good 15 to 20 minutes after the game, they would go through the entire, you know, sort of uh, uh, song sheet that DC United has, and they would then carry that out, you know, well into the parking lot. And so, you know, if I if I were to take anything, it would be like a chunk of the concrete just outside that exit where everyone would just stand and then you'd have the drums. I mean, I can still hear them today. And uh, that that's just every time, you know, whether it was win or lose, that was always like a really powerful uh, feeling, uh, you know, opt- optimi- It always made me feel optimistic no matter what. And so that's that's something I'll always take.
0: Um, Daniel, you did mention something though over on Twitter you said that you would want to um, take over the, um, the raccoons and uh, yes. make them their own su- supporters group at uh, the yeah. uh, Olsen's Furry Army. Because <laughs> when that's said aloud like that, uh, <laughs> it makes me feel a certain
2: joy uh, ha- having conceptualised that. Uh yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> my house had a family of, of raccoons right right on top of the rooftop, and they'd, they'd you know, duck their heads down, you know, <laughs> down to peek into a window every so often and just say hello. But, uh, you know, so I've got a certain affinity towards raccoons, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know that they, they were all over the place over there. You know, uh, and, and so you know, if we had like a little uh, animal sanctuary, you know, sort of like the <laughs> RFK refugees uh, that can be brought over to uh, Audi Field, uh, would be um, fantastic. Have have this little, you know, and 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 as I said, you know, having having a a furry army, I I completely support that. I wouldn't have <laughs> tossed it out there if I didn't think. That was a rad idea so you know uh i am i am an all-inclusive person uh of, of all walks of life so you know i would be i would be uh tickled to see that at some point <laughs> it would be that's awesome. wild i love
0: it it would be awesome <laughs> just to see a mascot of a raccoon next to talon
1: oh that would be wonderful oh yeah oh. just just lean into it really just embrace the fact that we lived with raccoons for years <laughs>
2: Just, just you know, get just find that meme and just give it a big old hug. That's that's, that's you know that's how you get you know people aware of your product is you just find yeah. the most ridiculous thing and you just own it and and really enjoy it. Oh, fantastic. I mean, DC's—they're definitely not like
1: embarrassed about the raccoon thing because in the uh in the gift shops they sell raccoon plush toys with
2: DC United's logo on the chest. <laughs> so just stay, take it a step further. Just and, make and it see bigger. what happens. Yep. Yeah. yeah,
0: they are the Elson's furry army. Wow. <laughs> it, it, it does sound absolutely brilliant. The OFA. Look at that. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Man. We've got we on done it, side. haven't we? We've oh, it. do we do we Leo sort of like a,
2: with Assad do we do we start a hashtag movement here?
0: Yeah, I, yes. think we, I think we do. I think we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. As soon as you have stopped listening to the show or while you're listening to the show, just tweet out Olson's Fairy Fur- Army. Let's see if we can get that trending. It's done. <laughs> Why not? Right. Um, mo- let- let's move on from Olsen's Fairy Army. Um, I don't know how you move on from that, but I'm going to make it. A- give it a go. Um, if you've listened to the show before, you'll know that I like to get people to send voice messages in. Um, there's two here, um, so and they're from the same person. So what we'll do is we'll listen to the first one. Um, we'll go through it and then we'll listen to the second one. So the first message from Rithik Patel.
3: Hi, James. This is Rithik. Um, I have a few questions to ask you. First of all, um, where in the team do you feel we need to strengthen? Like any positions where you feel we need to add um, add depth? Um, obviously, we signed Julian Gressel, Yomel Assad, and Edison Flores, who are definitely going to help us score more goals. But um, like, do you feel we should um add um, defensive reinforcements? Personally, I think we should we should look to sign another center back and even another left back since um Morris is our only option there. And um, do you think we should um you know add another striker? Um, personally, I don't I don't think that um Eric Sorga is ready for MLS duty yet. But I just wanna, I just wanna hear your thoughts.
0: So Rithik has obviously gone and um, he was just asking about obviously our roster depth there which we've already spoken about but just to reiterate our points before um yeah we do need some d- better defensive um cover um let's put it that way um as you rightly said Moore, I don't think Joseph Moore is the only left back we've got I think Chris Adeyasam can also cover there as well Carney as as well as Fisher so we've got some switchable cover but not a proper out and out left back um and then obviously another striker yes so um we do need to cover up there um would you guys agree on that
1: absolutely yeah <laughs> i help we can get at this point
2: yeah, uh, you know, I, you you talked about it last week with Ken about Quincy Amaraqua, You know, uh, would love to have him back. Uh, you know, uh, playing backup to Ola. Uh, you know, it, I think I think for Olsen it's really tough because he's a guy who wants work rate. Uh, so if he's going to have people backing up, he's going to want them. You know, to to perform in a way that that sort of uh complements the the starter uh you know we saw that last year when joseph mora went out um chris mccann stepped in and um he you know he just didn't have the pace to keep up he got cooked in fact he was part of that group that got uh smashed by um carlos vela uh, and lafc uh he could not catch a break uh, against vela on that right side and um, it was uh, really hard to adapt and, and sort of keep up for him. Uh, so, you know, it, it's not just finding depth, but it's finding guys who sort of fit the system that Olsen has in place. Uh, so, you know, I, I wish I could throw out a name, um, but that's sort of, uh, you know, The front office, they they have a lot of work to do uh, in the next three weeks to try to find people who can sort of fit in those roles. Uh, You know, I think with our center backs, I think we're okay uh, there between Brian Birnbaum and then we have Donovan Pines and Jalen Robinson. Um, I think those two can uh, shore up, you know, uh, as substitutes, fine. Uh, Again, you know, it's sort of, I feel like they need to pull back. Yeah, either gressel or Ariola, but i would i would prefer Ariola because i think gressel is just uh more technically gifted uh and, and can sort of find those crosses better than Ariola can Ariola has pace for days and uh that's i think that's just more helpful in kind of like that box box to box uh sort of way uh rather than someone who can kind of make make those key passes and plays. So, you know, that's sort of where it sits conceptually in my head. Hmm.
0: Nice. Um, I mean I would I would love to say yeah, Robinson's still with the club, but he's actually left now.
2: Oh, is he? Oh, that's yeah. my bad.
0: No, that's all right. Um so yeah, so only having Donovan Pines as a cover for centre back. I, I would definitely need one more. I would not be comfortable with only having one center back cover. I think we'd definitely need another one, so yeah, so we this the defensive line needs bolstering uh let's put it that way um and the top line um midfield we're fine, we're fine with that um should we move on to the second uh, thing from rithick for sure here we
3: go and my second question, James is about Julia Gressel. um Obviously, when he signed last week, uh, um, basically all of us G.C. United fans were thrilled. Uh, He's been the assist king in MLS for the past few seasons, and he's such a versatile player. You know, He can play as a right back, as a right midfielder, as a winger, as a center midfielder, and his best position, in my opinion, and the opinion of a lot of Atlanta United fans, is that wing back. But where do you think Ben will put him in the team? My biggest worry is that he'll play mostly at right back, especially if O'Neill Fisher is not at um, 100% fitness by the start of the season. Um, And I'm really worried by that because, you know, defensively, Julian is not the strongest um, and he's um, best when and most effective when he gets forward and creates chances for for strikers.
0: Hmm. So where do we think... Gresle will actually end up playing. Um I watched um his interview with Claudia Bagan um just after he signed and he mentioned he doesn't want to be playing at right back. He's he will do it, but that's not where he sees he plays. Um which is which was interesting to hear from the player himself um to say that. Um But Sam Uh, Where do you think Ben will play Gressel? Do you think he will ignore that and just keep him at right back? Or do you reckon he will be played further forward?
1: I do think, I mean, I say a lot of things about Ben Olsen because I do kind of question some of the stuff he does. But (laughs) I I really do think he's smart enough to realize the kind of talent that uh, was just gifted to him um, in Julian Gressel. And if you don't play him, at, at least right midfield, if not, up uh, further up top on the wing, then it's it's uh, just going to be a waste of his talent. Uh, this guy, as we've already talked about, like one of the best uh, passers of the ball uh, in an MLS the past, like, what, two years, three years. Uh, he, he's just a, an assist king, and you don't really want him playing at right back where he is um, defensively vulnerable. When we, we have played Paul Ariola at right back a number of times, even just this past season, uh, we know he can do it. Maybe, I mean, again, Paul Ariola is no solid right back either, but I do think defensively he is a bit more solid than Julian Gressel. Uh, and so I think that that alone just speaks to Gressel playing uh, in the midfield and Ariola playing a right back. If we don't have O'Neill Fisher healthy, of course, who I think will be our number one right back option this year, just out of necessity.
0: I think we've actually missed someone um, who could play it right back. And that is the guy who finished the season at right back, Russell Canouse. Oh, I yeah, about Yeah, he was fantastic at right back. I found, um, in my opinion, anyway, um, he was he was a right back in Germany, uh, and obviously tended always played at centre mid for us. But yeah, at the end of last season, he was right back um, when we brought Felipe Martins in. Obviously, he feels where Canouse was. Um, mm-hmm. I th- I. Th- I think we'd end up starting Knauss at right back.
2: There are questions about Knauss and and where his future lies with DC United. Um, So that would be my only trepidation there. Uh, Going back to what I said very early in the podcast uh, with the sort of bounty of talent that they have uh, in in all those players. uh, I don't, you know, as far as those midfield guys go, I don't really want to see any of them on the bench uh, when they're fit to play. Mm. Uh, for me, you know, I, the, the way I sort of see the uh, sort of right back position these days is is very much kind of a hybrid. Uh, you know, may, maybe this is more along the lines of me, you know, sort of obsessively watching Pep Guardiola for a while. But, uh, you know, the way he sort of sends those guys forward is is something, you know, a direction that I see the game going you know sort of in, in a modern sense uh what what is sort of crucial here is is how open is uh olsen to sort of adapting his formation um you know he's a guy who stresses a lot of organization a lot of work rate uh but if he tries to be too sort of um kind of stringent or constricting in that organization uh i i don't think that fully releases the potential that this team has so if you have guys who are uh comfortable with shifting around with uh you know kind of playing that total football style uh that is something that could work really well for the team um yeah i just i think this is a team where you Needed some experimentation is going to be necessary uh, to find that success.
0: And some, any further thoughts on that? Uh, no, I mean I think to
1: piggyback off that, that's definitely, or at least hopefully, what what this preseason is going to be all about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, I, I still think we'll end up playing Canals after seeing the transfer speculation in regards to him. When he, I think it was Dynamo Dresden who were after him. Um, mm-hmm. are, they, are they still bottom of the Bundesliga two? I'm just going to have a quick Google on it just to see what they're doing. And if they are, I can't see them moving there because they're going down to Bundesliga three. Which, oh, gosh, which you don't, yeah, you wouldn't want that for your career. Uh, yeah, Dynamo Dresden. They are at the bottom. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And they're four points off the playoff relegation place, which that's not not good. And they were further back as well. Um, from the looks of it, from their recent form, they were they've won one and drawn one in the last five games. So, Oof. I I genuinely can't see them moving there. Um, that's the only link I've seen. So I think for the for the time being can also be at DC night until the summer at the very least, if not foot beyond that. So hey, yeah.
2: a Quick aside though, now that I'm sort of looking at this, uh, Bundesliga two, uh, table, hmm. I I'm, I'm shocked at how far Hanover 96 has, has, uh, fallen, uh, from their days in the Bundesliga to where they are now mid table in, in the, uh, second tier, uh, that, that kind of blows my mind a little bit, but, uh, Anyway,
0: that's that's a complete <laughs> aside. <laughs> I know. I mean, you, you're right. I mean, you look at some of the teams that are in the Bundesliga, ah. two and you think, how are they down there? Ah. I and mean, you've got you've got Stuttgart in there. You've got hamburger SV mm-hmm. in there. You've got mm-hmm. Nuremberg in there. It's just like those teams that I knew were in Bundesliga one, and it's just like, how? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was... but yeah that, that, that was a little bit of a side, side, side uh, step there um, that is actually the end of the show now so I, I want to give you thanks Sam and Daniel for being on the show um, this is the time where you can say a little bit about yourself again f- tell people where you can find you and all the little extras you're doing so Sam um, have your little goodbye to the fans of the show
1: Well, thank you uh, so much for having me on. I really, really enjoyed myself. It was a lot of fun to talk just DC for once instead of talking about all of MLS. It feels good. Um, uh, You guys can find me on Twitter. Uh, My Twitter is at uncle underscore Sam XIII. I I tweet a lot about um, soccer, but I also tweet a lot about beer because I brew uh, professionally as well. So that's, you guys are going to get a little bit of everything if you follow me. So that's a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, If you guys want to hear me talk more uh, but with a little bit of a, a stutter. Uh, it's at uh, MLS Aces. That's the podcast that I drink during.
0: <laughs> I like that. The, the podcast you drink during. That's cool. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Daniel, yourself as well.
2: Yeah. So I can be found on Twitter at S Dakota underscore soccer. And I, you know, uh, run the Soccer Made Simple newsletter. And the link is on my profile there. Otherwise, you can look up hashtag soccer made simple. You'll find my a uh, few of my tweets uh, in that area as well. Uh, you know, uh, I've had a big life change moving from D.C. back home to South Dakota. So uh, being sort of part of this group, uh, you know, I really appreciate you starting that and sort of keeping You know, it's a great way to stay connected with everyone there. And, you know, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm uh, super grateful you asked me, and uh, I, I hope to be back again sometime. Uh, really excited about this uh, season, and uh, yeah, vamos united.
0: Yeah, well, thank you very much, guys, for being on. Um, it is appreciated, and I'll definitely be asking you guys on again. It's been a fantastic episode, to say the least. Um, just for me, from me, um, obviously you listen to the show, so hopefully if you haven't already, um, drop a little subscribe. If you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, um drop a little right and review um it helps the show out massively um if you're not following on twitter it's at dc united kingdom uh, there is that group that daniel's just mentioned um it's an ever-growing group it's fantastic i love it um and i'm sure everyone who's in it absolutely loves it as well um head over to the website which i've kind of redesigned a little bit recently and um, that is DCUnitedKingdom.com. you'll find uh, the news that i put out there about dc united You'll find all the little episodes on there as well if you want to listen to them. Um, And this year I started doing merchandise, which I'm wearing at the moment. And you'll see me modelling it on the website. I I think I look rather good in it. I'm not going to lie. I think I look good. Um, But you'll find everything over on there. Um, You can join the group as well. Um, There's a little membership form on there. And until next time, Vamos United.